Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey guys, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, I have a show that when this book was pitched to our team, it was an immediate yes for me because we're going to talk about grandparenthood. I don't feel like we hear enough from grandparents and the wisdom that they sort of have to offer the world. I know my parents are clearly grandparents of six grandchildren, four mine and two my brothers. But it's like I will sit and listen to my dad talk forever just because of the wisdom that he has. I kind of want to glean everything from him. And if any one of my grandparents was alive, I would be on the phone with them every day. (laughs) I wish they didn't pass away when I was so young. So we are going to talk about a book. I feel like it's just so special to sort of be inserted into our culture today. It is called Rockstar Grandparent. And the grandma who wrote it is a grandmother to a lot of people that you might know. We have had Sadie Robertson on the show. We've had Mary Kate Robertson on the show. The whole Robertson uh, crew. She is Corey Robertson's mom. And she is here with us today to shed some light on grandparenting. So Chris Howard, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm just super excited to be here. And I've been hearing about you've visited with Sadie and you visit with Mary Kate. (laughs) So, you know our family. That's awesome. I love it. Yes, and they were both very special. I actually met Mary Kate when I was speaking at Liberty University, and I think it was her first year there. And I met her. I spoke in one of her classes, and she's just so sweet. And, of course, Sadie is, too. You you truly have helped birth just a beautiful legacy, and uh, many generations are benefiting from your legacy. So, way to go, Grandma. Way to go. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's one of those things that when you start the grandparenting journey, I was, uh, it was 23 years ago because John Lake was our firstborn grandchild. Mm. And so when you start it, all those things do go through your mind really kind of quickly of like, you know, wow, what am I leaving behind and how am I going to make that happen? And, and then it just gets busier and busier as one grandchild after another is added to the family. And the love just is overwhelming and it's so much fun. This book, I feel like, is so necessary and so needed because I feel like we hear a lot about a lot of generations, but we're not really talking to our grandparents. We're not really encouraging them to speak life into my generation. So I I, I feel like this book is in a place where I know talking to my dad, you know, he kind of doesn't know when to step in and when not to step in. And um, do we say something here? Do we say something there? And my dad is full of wisdom. But um, what what really inspired you to write this book? What did you see? What did you see the whole um, f- for this book? What was the purpose? I think it's so interesting because um, in today's world, like everything else in today's world, everything is up in the air. And 100 years ago, even maybe 50 years ago, a grandparent's role was very uh, steady. Everybody knew a grandparent's role in the family. Mm. Um, And that's, that's so true, even with parenting. You know, 50 years ago, everybody parented pretty much the same. If your child... 
uh, was disobedient down the street, the neighbor down there is going to tell you and take care of it. Today's world is very different. <laughs> um, it's always just moving and going. And so I think grandparents are also in that same mode of like, where do I step in and do my kids, do I still have a place in this world? And I just wanted to tell grandparents that, yes, they do, maybe more than ever. I mean, mm. I run a summer camp in the summer, our family does, and um, I've been out there for 50 years since I was a child. And I tell parents today, I think it's more important today than 50 years ago that kids go away to camp yeah. and get out in the woods and put their cell phones away and learn how to communicate with each other as well as with God. And so I'm saying that about grandparents. I think we are as needed, if not more today mm -hmm. than 100 years ago when everybody lived on the same farm and grandma and grandpa knew their role. And, you know, now grandparents, it's, it's a little different. Mm. But we're so needed by our kids. Absolutely. I know my husband and I, um, my husband was a pastor immediately. As soon as we got married, he became a pastor, which, which, um, sort of, you know, you follow the Lord and, and sometimes the Lord leads you thousands away, thousands of miles away from your parents. And I, I remember talking to my husband and always having this mindset. We, we have to make, um, when we have children, we have to make it a priority that they spend time with their grandparents because I wanted them to sort of rub off on my kids. And, and we, we, and my husband has been great. We were married almost 15 years and he has, we've done that. If I look at him and say, I need to go see my mom, <laughs> he'll be like, okay, let's go see your mom. Let's take the kids. And it's, it's such a special relationship watching them interact with my kids and, and um, just remembering how it was when I interacted with my grandparents. Um, I want to know for you, uh, who were your, your role models uh, for grandparenting? Well, my, I had amazing grandparents. And again, it was a different time. We didn't have uh, social media and cell phones and, and all that sort of thing. I lived in Oklahoma at that time, and my grandparents lived in Louisiana when I was younger. And so getting to see them, we didn't get to see them very often, but that never changed the fact that they were rock stars to me and mm. their, the legacy they were leaving for me. And my, I saw through my parents' eyes how they honored them and respected them and kept their um, legacy alive for us as well. Later, I moved closer to them in Louisiana and was able to be, be a lot closer, and it was just awesome. But then my mother also, my mom is still alive, and she will, was just turned 88. And, wow. I mean, she's got Snapchat. She's on Instagram. <laughs> she is an active part of our family. She is the reigning matriarch. People will say that about me, and I'm like, no, no, no. My mother is clearly the reigning matriarch of our family, mm -hmm. and she is the queen of our neighborhood. Her house is the first one on the street. So we, we tell her she's the gatekeeper of our street. <laughs> I love it. And um, just, you know, just watching her as she parented and, and my dad before he passed away and my husband's parents. And I talk about them a lot in the book. They gave me a front row seat mm. to what it means to be a great, a great grandparent. And now, and it doesn't mean that you have to be like me. I drove seven hours to watch mine play tennis yesterday and drove mm. back seven hours last night. You I don't have it. to do that mm. to be a rock star. Um, I, I got there last, yesterday for a game, and she's like, Tim, Mama, I can't believe you came. And I said, hey, it's hard work being a rock star grandparent. you gotta, <laughs> you got to work hard. But you, re you really don't. I mean, because you have such a position of honor yeah. and just um, of being respected and just, you know, that role model for all those great things. 
I have to tell you, it's like when my when my parents are here and I mean, my my kids love it when we come to their like games or whatever it is that they're doing. But when their grandparents come, it is it's like they smile the whole time. They're constantly looking over for their approval and um, things like that. So talk to me about the need for grandparents to sort of step into this crazy um, social media culture and really engage with that grandchild. Because you are right. They always have a position of honor. Talk to me about what that child needs from a grandparent. And and secondly, how does a grandparent sort of engage in this new digital age that we live in? Well, I think that I, I do think it's important to be a part of that digital world because in any given day, now that mine are teenagers, I might help one pick out a prom dress through FaceTime or help <laughs> another one with a, a makeup uh, thing she's trying to do. Or, or someone, one of mine yesterday texted me or FaceTimed me to show her her new, new haircut. So I Aww. do think those are so valuable. But I also think, you know, we're the last generation who know how to do a lot of things without a cell phone yeah. in our hands. And so just sharing life experiences, if yours are little, and I'm sure your parents do this too, it's just going to the park, it's walking, it's talking, it's picking up a stick, it's fishing, all of those things that I love doing so much when my were little, taking them to the zoo, going to the library, reading books, hugely mm-hmm. important. Now that mine are little, I tease them, I say, you trade. I, I got traded in for your driver's license, because once they get a driver's <laughs> license... It's a whole different ball game, but oh. still sharing those life experiences with them, like a, a, a state tennis match or mm. an honors program. And like you said, your kids smile when their grandparents are there. And I, I see that too. I, oh goodness, this is the end of the school year. So I've been to so many. I was at my one of mine at 14. I was at one of them's um, course show program last week. She sat in front of us and she just turned around and patted us both on the hand. And, Aww. you know, I know her little brain is just thinking, thank you for being here to support mm. me and cheering me on and loving me. You know, she didn't even have to say those words. I love that. I feel like um, this is just so interesting to me, um, th- this whole topic. What would you say to that grandparent today that um, and maybe does come to the, to, to the, whatever it is, the play that the special event, um, and the grandchild is on their phone and they just don't seem to want to put their phone down. What does that grandparent do? How do they engage with their grandchild when all their grandchild seems to want to do is to look at a screen because I see I see that that is sort of a barrier to one of the most important relationships a, a grandchild is going to have. What advice would you give to that grandparent that says, uh, do I intervene? Do I say, put your phone down? You know, uh, what, what would you, what advice would you give to them? That is a tough one because for me, yes, I would intervene, but I have that relationship with my grandchildren and I hope that every grandparent does by the time they get to that point of having a phone in their hand that you've built a relationship and that you can just gently say, sweetheart, I am here for just a couple of hours and I would love to have some time just to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You know, just saying something like that, that just gives them, lets them know that you're here for them. And this really isn't the time for the cell phone. Now I'm really more blunt about it because my kids, many of my grandkids have grown up um, next door to me. Corey and Willie's family live Mm -hmm. next door to me. And so when they all come over, we just have no cell phone time. You know, it's just, you just don't pull it out at the table and 
we have table talk. We call it table talk. Mm. And that's when the conversations happen. But I do think it's okay for you to intervene and, and say, no, this isn't the time for a cell phone. This is time to do something with me. What can we do? What can we talk about? Mm. Where can we go? That kind of thing. As a grandparent, you know, um, you know, having these, con- my parents are the same way. They're like, they'll look, I have a 13, 10, a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, and so we're, we're kind of in that we, we got them, we got them all over the place, but my parents are just like you. They're like, put your phone down. You're going to talk to me. I drove a thousand miles to see you. Um, so, so I love that. But when you're talking about um, these kids and, and from a grandparent perspective, you see how the world has changed since, um, you know, how you were raised and stuff like that. What what are you trying to instill in what what is some core values that we've lost in our culture that you are trying to instill in in your family? I'm I'm super interested in that because clearly you're doing a good job there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Back when my um, kids were growing up, we started a legacy of principles for living with them on every family vacation. And we ended up with like 63 of them. I put them in the back of the book just for people to kind of think through. So they, they know what are the things that I do want to be teaching my kids so that they're taking that out to the world. And some of the things that definitely uh, we are seeing in the world today because of cell phones is that, you know, everybody thinks that they are communicating better because we've got all this, all these different ways to communicate. Yeah. But really we're not. And we're losing that power of speech and being able to, to communicate effectively face-to-face with somebody and look people in the eye. And so one thing we do in our family is just make sure that all of our children know how to shake someone's hand and look them in the eye. Those are like mm. little things, but yeah. those are big things in life and uh, um, how you're going to approach the rest of your life by uh, looking people in the eye and being able to have a conversation. And uh, cell phones are definitely a barrier with mm. those kind of things. And then just sharing life experiences. I think, you know, where when we used to would sit and listen to our grandparents tell stories because we really didn't have anything else to do. Um, <laughs> now they always have something else to do. Yeah. Always mm-hmm. because of that cell phone. And so it is kind of back to that other conversation of saying, you know what, let's put everything down. And I want to tell you guys a story about your grandfather who was your great-great-grandfather who wrote hymns and songs. And I want you all to know that heritage. Hmm. You know, so passing those things down and not letting that slip by is just because the kids are always busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've always got something to do. Oh, they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. But stopping and saying, no, let's put the phones away and learn a little bit about our heritage today. Yeah, I... Um... I love that. I'm such a history buff myself. So any anything about our family, I always kind of tune in, listen up um, and and lean into because I'm like, you know, where did I come from? I love that. So in the book, I'm, I, this this chapter is catching my eye because it was in my wedding. My husband and I, we um, we walked after we were married. We walked, I guess, out. I don't know. I can't remember for some reason the pro not the, the processional. What is it, Dan? processional recessional I don't I don't even know what it is but we walked (laughs) out to when I'm 64 and everyone Uh, was playing the kazoos they play they didn't play music they played the kazoos and we were like dancing out it was so cute um so what about being 64 talk to me about that chapter a little bit that's hilarious that y'all walked out to that we sure did yeah I love that song that, that whole chapter was about just 
when we wake up and all of a sudden we are 64, and I chose the rock tune because I'm like a song person. I'm not a person it. that can remember exactly where I was in the fourth grade when this song came out, you know? Yeah. And so I just love that as just jumping off point songs that we sang when we were 16 and 17 and 18 and really had no idea how deep the meaning was. Mm. And when I'm 64 is one of those. And so I, I talk about that, you know, as we get older, that's one of the best things we can leave our grandchildren is that legacy of a couple who've stayed together through thick and thin. And it's always thick and thin. It's always good and bad. There's always ups and downs. And we're not the same people we were when we were, my husband and I were 18 and, and 20 when we got married. I was 18, he was 20. So at 64, no, we're not the same people. Mm. But we've honored each other and we've stuck together and we're here to tell you, you can do it too. So that whole chapter is just about, um, you know, supporting and loving each other as a couple in our older years as leaving that heritage for our kids. I love it. My parents just celebrated 40 years last year and it's, um, it's, uh, we, you know, we, we did the whole party and we did the whole thing and, um, all four of my kids were there and they got to see, yeah, they're clear. And I actually think we played that song at there, right there because we love it. We're huge Beatles fans over here, but, um, I, I, it was so interesting to see just the love that just see it on display, sort of the love that they have. I was so happy that my kids were there. And of course me and my brother, and my sister talked at, at their, um, anniversary, um, just about what it's meant to us to watch them love each other. Got another question for you, Chris. Um, when do, do grandparents just step in if there's a problem in one of their grandkids' lives? How do you know when to step in and when to sort of sit back and let them come to you? What would you, what, what kind of advice would you give there? I do cover that in a, the chapter is called Sounds of Silence. I think that's where I put this because yeah. um, a lot of times as um, the grandparents, and this is funny, I'll preface this by saying this, my, my uh, granddaughter Rebecca, the one that Corey and Willie adopted from Taiwan, well, she's never, she wasn't adopted legally, but she is. We've had her since she was 16, and she just had a baby. So now I've got a great-grandbaby. So <laughs> we've got me and Corey, and then Rebecca's mom from Taiwan flew over as well. So, you know, bless Rebecca's heart. She had three of us, you know, hovering over her. To, to see that that baby was taken care of. And so as the grandparent, that's where we really have to learn to just kind of keep our mouth shut on something that, um, because we're really there to support those parents and cheer them on as they are raising that, that child. But I do talk about times when it is time for us to step in. And um, some of those times might be when you see a developmental delay that maybe your child hasn't picked up on yet. Mm. But because of your old, you're older and wiser and you've watched more children, you're able to see, you know what, this is not quite developing the way um, I think this he or she should be doing. Or if we're seeing behavior issues, um, there are times that we might have to step in. And again, you just have to be mm. so wise and mm. careful and wait till it's an appropriate time, not in the midst of it or in the heat of it, but maybe when you have another time and, and then word, word it all very carefully about, you know, what a great job your child is doing parenting this child, but that you've noticed something and it may, may not be true because you're not the one with them every day, but you've noticed something that is a little bit alarming. Mm. And so could, could I share that? Do you mind if I share that with you? And they may say, no, I really don't want to hear it. And then you just have to say, 
Okay, then you know when you think you want to, when you see something, then please, um, please come to me if you if you want me to share, mm. because it really is not our place to step over boundaries that they've set up. But in a definitely in any case of abuse, neglect, uh, yes, mm. we have to step in and mm. take care of that. I love that. I love that you said, you know, you have to learn because I feel like my parents are really good about this because your words do carry so much weight. Um, You know, if you were just to kind of say something, I I know my parents are kind of always like, um, uh, they'll say you're doing a really good job. But have you thought about and then I'll be Mm -hmm. like, "Um, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of help me out parenting. But my goodness, um, that that is such that is such a good thing. You know, thinking through um, bringing things up when necessary, because your uh, grandparents words do carry um, so much weight. I want to talk about this. We just have a couple minutes left, but I feel this is one of the questions that um, your team gave us. Um, And I think this is really important because you do see more and more grandparents sort of raising their grandchildren. I can think of one woman that um, I just encountered recently. She has got four grandkids that she is parenting right now. And, you know, she herself is is um, a grandmother. She's getting up in age. You know, she's got gray hair and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, what advice would you give them or even encouragement would you give would you give those grandparents? This is happening more and more every day. My mm. best friend raised her her grandchildren. She adopted them when they were 11 and 12. Now they're in college and are just doing great. But those years that she thought she was going to spend retired mm. are just slowing down a little bit. Uh, didn't happen. She had to get right back into ball games and homework and after-school schedules and getting them to school and all of that sort of thing. And I've talked to many, many across the country now uh, because of coming out with this book who have told me the same thing, that they've done the same thing. Mm. Invariably, they end their comments with the last six years I wouldn't have traded for anything, though, Mm. because the child is thriving and doing so well. So those are the words of encouragement I can give you that I know that God will bless you where you are and will make you strong and get you through it. Not saying it will be is easy. It will not be easy. It will be burdensome time and energy and financially, but the rewards will be great Mm -hmm. as your grandchildren are able to walk through adult years knowing that they had the stability of your home through the time when they needed you the most. Mm I love it. Um, Thank you for saying that. I want to end on this note because I am so thankful that my grandma prayed for me. And I I mean, actually, all four of my grandparents, I was actually uh, I I got I was divorced from an abusive man in my first marriage. And all of my grandparents were alive except for one. And they all prayed me through that. And I married you to love my life with four kids. And I know it was it was as a result of 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 God answering their prayers that I'm sitting where I'm sitting today. Talk to me about how important it is to pray for the generations um, that are coming up after you. I just I can't even stress how important that is. That's so hugely important, and it's important for them to know that you're praying, like you knew your mm. grandparents were praying yes. for you through that very difficult time. And just that knowledge helps you. Mm. Of course, God is helping you because they're asking him to, but the knowledge that they are praying for you helps you in in an emotional level. Mm. And for my kids, like when I hear that Sadie, like she's speaking tonight in um, Alabama, Mm. at some point today, I will just text her, I'm praying for you today. I know you're going to do a super job. Mm. And 
that's where we can use this new world of cell phones and social media to come into play because, you know, she'll come back with a heart or she'll come back with, that means so much to me, thank you, and not to say to all of mine, whatever they've got going on, if I, the tennis match or the choral performance or singing on the worship team, letting them know I'm praying for you mm. to make it through this, and I know God's going to have his hand and, and help you get through it. That's hugely important. And then the whole generational thing, just like we're just petitioning God, that the next generation will be better than our generation. Yeah. We'll just go on and spread the gospel to even more people, and the world will become a better place. That's what we, uh, those of us who grew up in the 70s, that was our hope, <laughs> a peace and love and a better place. Yeah. Uh, but that's what we want, yes. I love it so much. Um, Chris Howard, grandma to 14 grandchildren. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was just awesome to meet you. I hope to meet you in person one day. Oh, I would love it so much. You guys, all my listeners out there, if you are a grandparent, if... If maybe, I mean, Mother's Day is coming up. I can't think of a better, and Father's Day, I can't think of a better book to just buy your your mom or your dad or, I mean, go pick up this book. I think, I, I feel like it's really, really special. You guys know that we put on the show what I am passionate about. And I think that this, the grandparents' voice is missing in our generation. It needs to be more included in the dialogue and the narrative of, of our culture. Um, I just I just respect it so much. So um, go pick up a book. You can get one anywhere. And um, I will see you tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Mile Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening. And join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.